0: Welcome to Global Conversations from Scotland, brought to you by the Scottish Council on Global Affairs. Follow us via scga.scot or on social media. And now the podcast. Hello and welcome to the new podcast by the Scottish Council on Global Affairs. Uh, When we were set up last year, among other aims, including research, one of our planned uh, statements was to improve informed and nonpartisan debate And discourse in Scotland and we hope that this podcast series that we're launching now will be part of that and we will look at a a range of issues over the coming months and years including some of those issues that we've commissioned specific unique research on and other areas that we've done large uh, framework projects on. So today to introduce the Scottish Council on Global Affairs I'm joined by Professor Peter Jackson who's the Executive Director of the council. He is, in his full-time job, Chair in Global Security at the University of Glasgow, but his interests range from 19th and 20th century international history, modern contemporary France, and also intelligence and security studies, so he's exactly the kind of polymath that the Council is interested in. Uh, Good afternoon,
1: Peter. Hello, John. Very nice to be here. Thank you for the invitation.
0: Great. So what I thought we would do is simply just introduce this series is to talk about the Council itself, why we're here and what we intend to do. So I suppose my first question to you is why have a Scottish Council on Global Affairs in Scotland at all?
1: Well I think there are a couple of quite obvious answers to that question and the first I think is that there is no forum, there is no institutional framework for marshalling the really quite impressive range of expertise on global affairs, very broadly defined, that exists in Scotland and putting it at the disposal both of policymakers in Scotland, but also uh, to harness it in order to lift levels of public debate and understanding about international affairs in Scotland in particular. Another reason, I think, is that the only really uh, active and dynamic think tanks that exist in in the area of international affairs, strategic studies, uh, military affairs, in the United Kingdom are all based in and around London. And it's very difficult for Scottish expertise to be deployed uh, down there just because it takes longer to go and have face-to-face meetings. It takes longer to go and attend workshops. And so we thought it made a lot of sense to establish an institution in Scotland to marshal Scottish expertise, or at least expertise that exists in Scotland, in order to pursue our twin core aims of first providing expert evidence-based uh, 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 advice and, and background to Scottish policymakers, policy elites, and UK policy elites, and indeed policy elites across Europe and beyond. And secondly, to reach out to the Scottish civil society, the Scottish third sector, and the Scottish public to generate and stimulate informed evidence-based debate on global affairs. And again, global affairs very broadly defined.
0: So so in that respect it's really it's a council in Scotland and of Scotland, but you'd say not exclusively for Scotland, for the for very much for for a global audience.
1: Yeah, I would say that. I might even say that it's not necessarily, uh, it's in Scotland, but not of Scotland, and it's not exclusively for Scotland. Although, you know, part of our remit is to, you know, promote research and expertise that exists in Scotland, connect it up with interesting work going on in Scotland, in the United Kingdom, and internationally internationally. And so the, the, that's a very important aim. So our remit extends well beyond Scotland, but we have uh, a base in Scotland. And it's a good thing, too, because there is so much expertise that exists both in Scottish universities, but also in the Scottish in Scottish civil society and in, in, the, in the third sector. And there's a lot of room for dialogue and debate and synergies that are very exciting and uh, one of the main attractions for me of doing this job.
0: And so you, you must have worked in, in your work both in in wider Europe but in North America with equ- equivalent bodies or bodies with a similar aspirations to, as to this. So how, how does a body like uh, the Council on Global Affairs go around doing that work? What are right. its what are the ways that you you find the right people and find the right subjects to explore?
1: Well, part of that is, I suppose, just generating an increased awareness of the important work that's going on in Scotland, and as I said, both in universities, but in civil society and the third sector more broadly. The council itself is a kind of a hybrid organisation. As you know, it is part University Research Institute and part Classic Think Tank, and we're trying to do both roles at once, but having a, a, a base in a partnership of three uh, Scottish universities, the University of Edinburgh, the University of St Andrews, and the University of Glasgow, provides us with some of the resources we need to get an idea of who's out there, who we can work with, both within Scotland and internationally, as well as in the rest of the UK, of course.
0: Okay, and and just briefly, without getting into too much bureaucracy, how have you structured the council? What's the, what was the idea behind the the format that you've taken?
1: Well, as I said, the Scottish Council exists as a partnership of its three founding universities, Glasgow, Edinburgh, and St Andrews, uh, but it also works closely and receives funding from both the uh, government of Scotland and the foreign commonwealth and development office in 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 westminster and we really are committed to to working across kind of traditional divides in terms of like in scotland for example there's uh, a movement in support of independence and there's a movement that is committed to maintaining the union there are all kinds of different approaches and emphases uh to the study of global affairs to understanding and debating global affairs and our strategy is to be as open and as catholic as possible and to have as the gold standard serious evidence-based research
0: sure and in 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 developing an organization like this was there a particular moment or in a particular event we've had no shortage of uh epoch-making global events in recent years, but was there any one thing that, that was a catalyst or a trigger, or w- why now for bringing this idea to Scotland for the first time?
1: Well, I suppose there are all kinds of reasons for that. Probably first, I personally was quite traumatized by the level of debate and understanding leading into the uh, the, the referendum on Britain's membership of the european union i didn't think it was a great uh despite the best efforts of many people to stimulate debate i didn't think that the wider discourse was great and i thought an institution like this could make a contribution to uh providing expertise uh, as well as events to to inform scottish public opinion about big decisions that come in the future but also just about the international, the big international questions of our time, everything from the pandemic, because we were founded in the midst of uh, an almost unprecedented global pandemic, but, and so, so global public health, but also, you know, the, the uh, rolling climate crisis, which I think is something we all need to better understand and, you know, events of, you know, war, peace and diplomacy that are, some of the grist of traditional international relations as well.
0: Sure. It's it's fair to say then that Ukraine has had quite a, has cast quite a long shadow of the first year of the, of the council's work. Uh,
1: No doubt, no doubt. And uh, one of our uh, founding directors, Professor Phillips O'Brien from the University of St. Andrews has played a very, very key role internationally in promoting better understanding of the the course of that 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 conflict, but also in doing so, I think better understanding of the kinds of risks a state state takes when it goes to war, but others within the council have also tried to do their bit to uh, promote greater understanding and one of the most difficult questions around the uh, war in Ukraine has been how to bring it to an end, what's the end game? How can we see peace returning to Ukraine and uh, Russia's illegal invasion, without Russia's illegal invasion being rewarded with vast swathes of Ukrainian territory? And this is a very, very difficult question, which is being for the moment settled militarily, but once the guns fall silent, as inevitably they always do, diplomacy will take over. And I think it's very important that we as the Scottish Council on Global Affairs do our bit both to contribute to the debate, the wider international debate about what might a just peace look like, but also to help promote understanding in Scotland and the United Kingdom and elsewhere about what's at stake, what are the obstacles to long-term peace between Russia and Ukraine, and also fundamental questions like the nature of the Ukrainian, political regime and the Russian political regime under Vladimir Putin and their prospects for evolution as well. These are all fundamental questions which will bear on the uh, vital question of peace in Europe.
0: Absolutely fascinating stuff to come and what uh, over the course of the first year what other issues have been touched on by the council's work?
1: Oh uh, there's been uh, a wide range of uh, issues published a, a newsletter, and annual report summing up many of these, and for those of you who are listening and interested, you can find these on our website, but I suppose some of the signal events were uh, an annual lecture on diplomacy and, and the uh, history and current prospects for a European diplomacy, and that was given by Professor Laurence Badel from the University of Paris back in March 2022, back when it was, we were still... In the pandemic. We also had a launch where we discussed uh, a number of different approaches to the problem of global affairs and attitudes towards international affairs, everything from questions of human rights and global climate justice and reparative justice to harder security issues such as, you know, the role of NATO in world politics and prospects for peace in the Ukraine, the extent to which. The Scottish population supports these issues, but also, very interestingly and importantly, this survey, which we uh, introduced and rolled out—the first iteration of which we introduced and rolled out on the 27th of April—will also look at uh, 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 attitudes in the in in uh, south of the border in England and compare and contrast uh, what people think in Scotland with. Uh, tendencies in public opinion in England. What's very interesting is we haven't found a vast discrepancy in attitudes on either side of the border the way we thought we might, and that is interesting in itself, and there's more to come uh, in that vein.
0: Yeah, that certainly seems almost counterintuitive, given some of the debate there's been north and south of the border in the last ten, nine, ten years, certainly. I suppose... The last question is one that uh, any fan of the West Wing would ask and uh, okay after all of that what's next what, what are your thoughts for the for the 12 18 months that are coming up
1: Well most of our work so far has been in the area areas of uh, defense security uh, um, the study of of, of war uh, or in general studies of public opinion and diplomacy international law and legal structures. We've also funded projects in that area, but we're very committed to rolling out new research in the areas of uh, global public health and uh, human rights and migration and immigration. And there are projects and publications, uh, published reports that will appear on our website in the weeks and months to come uh, on these questions. And I'm much looking forward to expanding our remit uh, along, along the lines of the six core areas that we set out at the very beginning when we conceived of the Council, and that was human rights and mi- refugees and migration, international law, global governance, uh, conflict resolution, foreign policy, conflict resolution, peace building, defense and security, global public health, and uh energy and 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 uh the climate crisis environmental crisis
0: great right so it sounds like we've all got our hands full for the next few
1: months yes we're going to be working Um, hard no 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 doubt john but it'll it'll keep us out of trouble
0: absolutely looking forward to it well i know you're deep in the archives at the moment peter so i'll let you get back to that Uh, thanks very much uh for joining us and thank you to everybody who hopefully listens into this first of many podcasts from the Council. And with that, we'll leave you to the rest of your week. Thanks very Mm -hmm. much indeed. It was a pleasure. Thank you, John. Thanks for listening to Global Conversations from Scotland. Find us at scga.scot and subscribe through your podcast provider.